Welcome back to another session of Sports Sesh. I'm Guy Young, and these guys are just guys. Now, I want to just jump right into hot topics. Earliest memory of Dirk, it was probably probably a year he was playing with Steve Nash. I kept hearing somebody named Dirt, like with a T, so I was like, why is there a dude named Dirt in the league? And then I, you know, I found out he was actually pretty good, so. son has two triple doubles in seven days i feel like i should be happier about him <laughs> but yeah well what 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 really should happen is that people should talk more about uh, markel fultz's sham of a triple double was it like a 10 10 10 i think it was yeah is it like a maybe not it long was, distance dialing card it, it was pretty weak um it did you probably played like 500 minutes that game too <laughs> 13-10-10. Oh. Very ticket friendly. And a win over the uh over the Bucks. Mm. I don't it's really it's really kind of strange. Triple doubles and I would even add all star game. Yeah. These I are things I didn't really care about until <laughs> Right. <laughs> until I should not be along. this angry about all star player voting, but I am. Because now it matters to me for some reason. Because I really want I really wanted Luca to be named a starter, number one. And then once he's not, I'm like, well, here's the reason why. And I'm looking for a culprit. And the culprit is the seven guys that voted for Carmelo Anthony to be a starter from the players pool. And then the 10 guys that voted for Boogie to be a starter in the all-star game. Solidarity. Yeah. They rally with their comrades. Is that all the Warriors? Because otherwise I'm extremely pissed at you people. It it was never going to be another way. I mean... Well, we still have the reserves, you know, and I think oh, yeah. last night was a pretty nice little resume tape. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I, I mean, I'll, it's probably not going to happen, but it's not crazy that they're coaches. Because the other thing is, even though he takes, like, some pretty bad shots, I still think he's fundamentally a very sound player. Oh, yeah. So, I guess what I'm saying is that even though he might take some bad shots and he turns the ball over, coaches love IQ. No doubt. So it's not like he's scoring a lot, but he's and he's just like a mixtape uh, mm-hmm. yammer. Yeah. I mean, he's still like a coach's kind of uh, nocturnal emission. So I I think that's the one thing that gives him a little bit of a chance is that he's a really, really nice bit, a blend of a kind of a swaggy, flashy player w- with a player that I think coaches will really, will really love. I mean, I, I'm sure you've read the uh, Tom Haberstroh article uh, on his secret workout with Seth Curry. Yeah, or Steph. What did I say, Seth? Yeah. That wouldn't be as That's going to be a problem. No, that's not nearly as cool for some reason. I mean, it's cool, but... <sighs> Wish we still had Seth, by the way. Yeah, we'll get to see him in three-point contests. 
Um, but so Steph's, you know, personal coach saying this dude is a savant, mm-hmm. and that's what made the uh, that's what made the headline. I, I I think that that gives him some level of chance to be selected by a coach, and because they kind of give you that wild card to play with, and they say slot a guy wherever you think he would be the best to help your team win. Uh-huh. I think that gives him a little bit of a little bit of a ju- little bit of a juice juice up on his chances as opposed to a traditional player. Yeah, and I think I mean he's he should be there. He's one of the top what I guess is 24 players. Um he's been one of the top 24 stories this year. And if you're just trying to do what's best for the league overall, I think Luka Doncic needs to be in your all-star game. Yeah, that's a constant debate is how much does the fan-facing aspect of it matter. Yeah, and if you're actually voting on the, what is it, 49 games? That, uh, well, some teams obviously have more or less, but whatever. Uh, Approximately 50 games that this set player pool have participated in thus far. Like, he's better than LaMarcus Aldridge. He's better than fill in your 12th player in the West that you want to plug in there. So I think he has a very good chance of the coaches. And I mean, Rick's the head of the player or coaches association. So maybe this is the time when he flexes a little bit and uses that for good. It'll comp your buffet at the next meeting. <laughs> yeah. Instead of uh, using it to have an opening statement on a random Wednesday, whenever some coach gets let go and he wants to go five minutes about how it's a shame. <laughs> That said losing coach didn't get another year. I'm like, this is what you're using this for? No, he doesn't do it for losing <laughs> coaches. He does it for Dwayne Casey. <laughs> Was it Dwayne Casey he did it for? Yeah, because, oh, okay. I mean, they were in the playoffs. Yeah, well, price of poker went up. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't send think... All, all memo. I don't really think he's going to get all in. Staff. But I think it's probably the last time he's not going to get in. I think last year was the last time the Mavericks aren't going to be playing on Christmas for a long time. Oh, yeah. I said that, I think, the night he got drafted. I was like, well, Christmas time is going to be a lot more difficult. And I also, if you want to start here, um, I got really got my head kicked in on the internet this morning. Oh, no, Jake. <sighs> I tried to pull. Did the teens? Did the kids do this? The teens try and make a poll. Yeah. And uh, I realized last you make night. A poll. <laughs> I didn't have, I, you know what? I didn't want to deal with all the responses. No, people easier, just won't. Still, just, just vote. Yeah, I did just vote. Not a qualitative ballot. Yeah, I'm not here for your write-in responses. So it seems almost 100% that Luca will be the number one player in next year's John Schumann GM survey, mm. if we're still doing this podcast then. Mm-hmm. Last year, Giannis was number one. And if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Now, personally, I have a problem with the wording of questions in social sign, science. Yeah, sign any player. Right, and does it mean signed, you know, then you get into the Anthony Davis thing, and it's like, okay, well, his contract's got a year and a half. Right. Giannis, if you you could get Giannis right now, you would have him for this year, two more years, but then you would also have the opportunity to offer him way more money than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Luca is probably going to be here at least another three and a half. He'll be at three and a half years at least at a very low number, and then probably sticks around after that. So, if I could guarantee you, that Anthony Davis would re-sign with your team after next season. You'd probably at have to Supermax, pay him. At the 35 
mil max or whatever because he's on well, you he's, can't give him he's making the same money as harrison barnes right now right you you well they're the same they're at the same stage of their career too which is just funny you wouldn't be able to give him i don't know what you can they're different kind there's a super max and there's a super super max Desi- he's a designated player but he would not be whenever you signed right. him because you would not be the team that drafted him so right. you would be able to give him the five for like 190 but you would not be able to give him the five for 230 yeah so he's gonna take all of the money that you can give him, and he mm-hmm. will resign. Yes. So, would you rather have a year and a half left on this contract, plus you get five years because you have his bird rights, and you get that, mm-hmm. or you get Luca? And the assumption, if I'm making this assumption about AD's contract, you're doing the same for Luca. Yes, which is still going to be a lot less because it's going to be a five-year bird right second player right contract, which will be like twenty. Yeah. Five, four, whatever. I don't know. It depends on the cap be, yeah. at that time. So, how do you think you. How many conference championships? Let's base it on that. Which one do you think what you could do more with over a seven year period starting next year? Would you make that trade right now? I'm, t- I'm taking Luca. See, I think I, I go back and is forth a on this, right but now. I heard the Hoop Collective talking about this a couple weeks ago, and he's only made his case stronger since then. And they were doing a really poor job of defining it, which is why I tried to just do that for you. <laughs> but they were like debating whether he'd be a lottery pick right now for a start your franchise. And McMahon was like, "Who, Luca? Yeah, McMahon yeah, was bro. like, yeah, for sure, right now." And there's like, and you know, Jackie McMullen and and uh, she tell you Larry Bird would and Windhorse were like <laughs> going through all the guys. Are like, ah, you know, he's definitely a first rounder, but and there are thirty picks in the first round, and that's what. But okay. They were doing a bad. They were doing a poor job of saying, like they kept saying, "Well, what about you're you gonna win right now with him?" And McMahon was like, "No, that's what I'm saying. Is it going forward?" He's making six million dollars. Okay, yes, but through that seven year window, like in the back two or three of them, he's gonna be making twenty five. Yeah. So let's just assume that. Do you think you have a better chance with AD to get two conference championships over that seven year period than you would if you had Luca on his deal right now? Uh, give me Luca. Is there anybody? Giannis, maybe Giannis. I mean, if it's if the window wasn't as wide, I might say LeBron. But no, oh, I would. I think LeBron. I'm out completely. The only other player I would consider based on the window is Durant because I think yeah, his body is held is held up much much better than I thought it would after those injuries. Right. But I think I would do Giannis, and I go back and forth on on the brow mostly because he plays defense. Well, I mean, I've seen Anthony Davis's rookie season in totality. I've seen his first six seasons. And it's what five non-playoff appearances and one playoff appearance. Yeah, man, but that gets tricky pretty fast. You could easily see if no one wants to take Dallas's money over the next couple of years, like Luca being, he, you need help. You do need help, and you need health. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And I mean, he's he's really effing tough. Just <laughs> honestly, from being in the locker room and seeing him after some games, and seeing how he has to, like walk out. <laughs> As he's going back to the trainer's room after doing a little media thing, and I'm like, "Yo, this guy might miss a couple games." And he's just shows up, plays 33 again, drops 25, five assists and five rebounds once again. He's a tough son of a bee. Yeah, I more mean the health on the brow side. Oh yeah, that's his. Well, one of he, his yeah, he misses debits. 20 20 games. But dude, people were season. acting me like I was like acting like I was insane, and it was an 80 20 vote for Luca over a guy who's averaging. 30 and 15. That's the toughest thing about At 25. That's the toughest thing about Anthony Davis, though. Right? It's. You can blame the front office 
I not, do. We're not putting the right guys around him. You can blame whatever, and then it's like, okay, well, how do you talk on both sides of your mouths of LeBron can take any team to a conference championship, at least win a game in it, and then Anthony Davis has gotten outside the first round once. Like, what's the what's the difference? Where, where's the line? Where do we where do we stop using these these little test subjects? That's a good point. I guess what I would say is that LeBron, <clears throat> how many conference championships did he make uh, his first time around in Cleveland? Uh, made one finals against San Antonio, right? And then probably another. I don't know. I forgot. So, Those years are a long time ago. That's the East. Yeah, that is, is the, the East. The old East. That is absolutely the old East. And that's it, the old NBA in general. Right. But and then I don't recall is like how many he made. But if if you threw the brow into the East during that time, mm-hmm. he's certainly not LeBron. But I, I mean, I think he would have had a better shot. There's just no yeah. chance that that New Orleans team. And I really think they're an instructive. Uh, you know, cautionary tale against oh, absolutely things like trading Dennis, absolutely because they've absolutely punted on a bunch of young dudes. Well, they've just moved their first round pick for years and years and years and years and years, and, years. Yeah. and then you get to the point where you know you have two super max guys and Drew and AD, and you know you're. I mean, their entire season has been hinging on whether or not Miritic is right. going to play, right? And he hasn't. He's missed the majority of the games and. That's it, man. You've 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 built this entire castle, and the whole thing's like hinging on this little one two by four, that's holding the center thing up, and that's that's Nikola Mirotic. And before that, it was the two by four of can we resign Boogie? Yep. Yeah, and um, he gave up a ton for that. Their their team building's pretty fascinating. Um, and now that obviously AD has demanded a trade, which is, I mean, the the Celtics can't trade for him right now. No, unless so, they want to move Kyrie. Well, if they if they sign Kyrie to an extension, I think they can. If they do that, like the minute they trade for him, I think they can do it. But I don't think I don't know if Kyrie wants to do that. That's what I. I there's a lot of talk that yeah that ain't happening. Yeah. So you're in this weird pickle where it's the best player your franchise will, will ever have. You can't get outside of the. You can't win a game in the second round with him, and you have no choice now. And he's demanded a trade, which. To me, just flatly means trade me to the Lakers. Yeah, it does. Although it's funny whenever Rich Paul, the news is that uh, he'd like to be traded to a contender. Right. And then I look at the standings. And and, like, yeah, they're not that far ahead of us. Bottom half of the league. Yeah. So I don't know that. I, I, his situation's so, I mean, you could see this six months in advance or a year in advance if you really wanted to start getting cynical about it. The second he signed the deal, you could like see, okay, he's not finishing this contract with this team most likely. But if he really is looking at what's happening with his team right now, which is they're just – he'll sit out a night and Miritich hasn't played consistently the entire year, and then they lose those games and they lose three in a row, and then it's like, okay, I can't miss – I'm so good of a player, I can't miss the playoffs again. But the destination that I need to go to, that is the one where my, my agent is basically the assistant GM, you know what, they're not that good right now either. No. So and they're not exactly uh, going to be extending their window if right. they trade for him because they're going to have to give up quite a few pieces that are on the non. And I'm good hurting side the of, team that on the, on the, that are on the good side of thirty. Right, and I'm hurting the team that drafted me, and I've been with my entire career because the mo- the healthiest thing for the Pelicans is for them to make a trade this off season. Yeah, 
because then you get Boston involved, you get LA involved, you get all everybody possibly that could just in any scenario offer you something. You're going to get the best deal this offseason. Right now you do not get the best deal. Right now is the right now would be very LeBron <laughs> leaving a trail of dead and just letting a franchise die in the vine like that. But if he demanded a trade, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Anthony Davis going, I cannot miss the playoffs again. I'm too good of a stinking player to miss the playoffs again. I can't have my career littered with, you know, playing 60 games, getting hurt, missing the playoffs, and having to carry this thing, which sucks. Because if, if you can't do it with a guy that is that talented, then some of these small market teams just can't do it. Yeah, and the upshot of it, too, is that uh, the Mavs have absolutely no chance of trading for him. Right. And so that's the first thing people will ask me. What would it take? You just don't You don't have it. Someone ranked, it was either Bleacher Report or SB Nation, not that I give a crap what they think, but they uh, they ranked what the Mavs could offer as like the fifth best possible um, cache of players that the Pelicans could get. And I was like, really? Okay. Like, that's interesting, but... Yeah, I just don't understand why cap space would matter all that much to them. To Pelicans, it shouldn't. Right. Like, so your your DeAndre and your West, like, if you clear their books up a little bit, I guess I don't I don't really think that would matter to them. No, they don't have a pick. They're trying to be contenders as long as possible and at least get ten thousand people to show up, right? Because that's what that's what staring the Pelicans in the face. They can't. I don't think they can full on go bad. Because I don't know if the fan base has nah, the stomach for they that. They might end up moving. Yeah. And that's That so sucks. That really, really That's really awful, man. That they got... I don't. How, Anthony Davis is a top five player in the league right now. Of course. You can't make your franchise healthy with a top five player in the league. And maybe we can say they mismanaged a lot of it and, you know, bad luck here, whatever there. But that should be the overcoming, like... You should be able to leap over any obstacle that's put in front of you. Yeah, it's weird, too, because they're also not playing in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like they have a history of a, of being able to get uh, free agents there, but kind of like with Atlanta, you're like, well, why not? I mean, they got Drew to stay. That's true. And I'm assuming Randall and Boogie went there, uh, or Boogie okay to trade there because AD was there. But I don't know. It's He's... <laughs> He's forcing his way out, and that sucks for that team. But he could have saw it a year in advance. And they they haven't done anything wrong except for not put a good enough team around him, which might be the the biggest sin of all. But I, you couldn't trade him a year ago whenever it was obvious because you're just trying to stay competitive. So you would take Luka right now number one in the – the goal is to win as many titles as you can for an eight-year period. Starting next year, let's make it eight. You would take him first? Yes. Like, I'm not going to guarantee that you'd win one, but I think those final four years, you would be in a finals like every year. Because basically what that's based on, whenever you say, well, okay, maybe cap space wouldn't matter that much to New Orleans, but the argument for keeping, for for, for selecting Luca because his number is so low relative to what he gives you is that your cap space will actually be more valuable than it would to New Orleans. Yes. Because you actually have an appealing player to sell to people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's under contract. and Yeah. 
So that's really why you're, you're you can't just say, oh, it's Luca because he doesn't make much money. Okay, well, I can't just have Luca in a bag of money. Mm-hmm. Um, someone has to actually take that to come play with him, which I don't think is crazy, but it is kind of where they are, and I don't hear that much talk about that. They are one hundred percent going to be back in the free agency, uh, swinging for the fences thing over the next couple of years. I feel like, yeah, they, I, I don't think they have much of a choice. Yeah. I, I wonder how they feel about this summer, though, because that's, I mean, I I go, I go with the idea every summer of get the best player available and go, like, just, if if the best player in this free agent class is the 30th best player, then I'm your timing just kind of sucked, but go try and get them and move forward, but you can definitely go into an off season and look at the player pool and go, I don't think any of these guys necessarily deserve this kind of money. And you can also go into a off season and go, the market is bananas. Like if Bobby and I spent about an hour talking about the 2016 summer today and how freaking ridiculous when you look across the league, everybody that is up on the trade block right now, that you wouldn't sink a non-top-20 protected first into is a 2016 contract. Yeah. I mean, it is just a summer of, it's a bloodbath. Just bad deals everywhere. There are teams that are, I mean, New Orleans was one of the examples as well. Teams that are landlocked and are having to make really tough, bad decisions right now because you gave Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill, a ton of money. And Portland, about, uh, Portland's a great example, too. Man, who is the center that I... Did Bismack? They, no, that was the... That was Charlotte, but... What, Pelicans? Yeah, didn't they... Oshik? They yeah. might have re-upped Oshik. Okay, that's what I was going to say. At 10-plus. Yeah, that's the one... Because, I mean, look, there was a time where I thought he was... <laughs> oh, yeah. Not a bad player, but... He had a he had a couple Pekovic years. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I wanted Pekovic year real bad in oh, free agency. Dude, dude, we both did. Yeah. We need need, to, needed him. We need to delete. <laughs> Scrub the records. Dude. They gave him five for 58. Okay, that was 2015. Yeah. But that's a lot of money for a dude who oh. really never did anything five else. Five years for a dude like that. Like, what was the league back then? How many games did he even play for them? Oh, it's he sat more than he played. Like, he became a sunken trade asset salary match. Like, Damn. That's that's rough. Dude, yeah. it was instant. Did he end up in Chicago or they traded him to Chicago then signed him back or something? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he uh they signed the year they signed him, he started sixty four games. Yeah. And he averaged in seventeen <laughs> eight, minutes a night. Points. Four points and six rebounds a game. <laughs> in twenty sixteen, seventeen. That's so sad. He played in thirty one games and in sixteen minutes. Averaged 2.7 points and 5.3 oh rebounds God. a game and then was moved and has not started an NBA game since then. Wow. See, that's how you that's how you pull the plug on team building. Yeah. You just have that's a horrible deal. Yeah, you just have a dead space. So, I, okay, so back to the summer thing. You're saying you think that maybe they won't get excited this offseason. Well, I think, I mean, you saw it last offseason, right? Where it was a one-year deal for DeAndre is basically all they did. And not necessarily punt a year, but punch your long-term capital for a year. See, I was talking to somebody about this the other night who was very closely associated with the Mavericks. 
and we were kicking around Marcus Saul or Mike Conley. Yeah. To which I could not have said no to fast enough. <laughs> because to me, it just seems like I, the timelines don't match up. And those deals seem like they were more recent. They're really not. I mean, no. Conley's got this year, next year, he has an early termination in 2020, 2021, which he probably will not exercise. <laughs> Because it's at so. $35 million and he'll be 32. God, I believe this person's point, and let me pull up Gasol's here, was that... Uh, Gasol's got an option for next year, and that's it. See, those deals feel recent, but I guess the point was you, you could make a trade for them right now, particularly Conley, because if you got rid of Wes or DeAndre, you would be carrying a couple extra years of Conley. It would allow Memphis to clear that out right away. Um. And essentially, you would be saying, I'm going to try to make Luca more competitive. And mm -hmm. then the second that his cheap number is up and you're keeping him on his next number, those other deals will be gone anyways. Right. So that's kind of the logic there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Mike Conley has left, but I think he could play with Doncic for sure. Oh, Mike Conley's a, still a great player. Um, it's a lot of miles, though, man. Yeah. I, a I think, lot I, of miles. I think he's still got it, and maybe that's just – he started all 49 games this year and is playing 34 minutes a night. Watching whenever he plays the Mavs because he just seems to hit, not miss a three in the second halves against us in his career. But, yeah, I mean, you, the window has changed, right? Where you think, okay, this is the long build. This is Luca and Dennis talk to me two years from now type thing of what we thought back in October to, hey, are we playoffs next year if we build this thing pretty carefully? Like, is our, is our, is the talent level of Luka made our expectations rise to the point where our window is, is immediate? And if it is, then... Dangerous. Yeah. And then if it is, then... I mean, you want veteran guys like 31-year-old Mike Conley. But you, know? you would not sign him... Okay, so that would mean you had two years of Conley after this year. Mm -hmm. You would not sign him this offseason to a three-year, $90 million no, deal. Probably not. You might do two for 60, yeah. but that you would not give another year of that. Yeah. And so you're really kind of in a position of, but but isn't that the it, isn't that the value, though, of having a guy who can be one of the 30 best players in the league who makes $8 million a year? Mm -hmm. They just have to decide how they want to execute how cheap he is. Yeah. And something we were talking about before we started, and I know Bobby tweeted this out the other day. Um, uh, it's really tough to contextualize with Dirk because he was older. Uh, he was on the back half of his career, and he's a big. Mm -hmm. Whereas Luca in the pass-out trap situations in the pick-and-roll is now leading the NBA in points created per possession by that. And so that means he is clearly going to make you better. Mm -hmm. I told you last week that I went through and looked at every single team in the league's numbers of uh, jumpers that were considered uncontested last year and this year, and the Mavericks have had a th the third highest jump. I'm not positive in a pure basketball sense how much better Dirk makes players around him relative to a guy like Luka. Like they always, you always hear JJ and Dirk joke, oh, Dirk made me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But how much better can a big make the team around him on offense in general? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't, you know, 
pick and pop is great, but defensively, certainly you have value. That that would be another argument for Luca over AD is that you know he can jack your numbers up. Mm-hmm. I don't know that AD does that quite as much. He may be help. He may help your team stats by defending, but if you're looking to come and pile up counting stats. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to imagine selling 20-year-old Luka this summer than it's ever been to imagine selling a Mavericks roster to a free agent. And yeah. I mean probably ever. Yeah. Well, and it, you just start putting together your, your hierarchy of needs, right? Like what's the most important thing to you that a player can do? And to me, it's, I said at the beginning of the year, it's, it's shot creation. It's positive shot creation. And I think 80% of the possessions that Luka's on the court, he creates a good look. Whether it's him on the teardrop, whether it's him, the step back hasn't been falling, but for a long time of the season, that was a positive shot. And then people have started adjusting to, um, well, number one, they've been he's been playing a lot with Dwight Powell, and I think that's very important. Oh yeah, love it. Um, and people have over adjusted, and then he literally just gets about to the elbow and hops up and throws a laser to the corner. Yeah. And that's been a staple of the offense for about five games now. And so positive shot creation is maybe his greatest attribute to me. And that's the thing I value most. Now that you've got that one dude, what's the set, What's number two for you, you know? Yeah, Kimba's a free agent. That's interesting to me. Um, I, don't, I think that's more likely than some pipe dream scenario of uh, Clay Thompson. I just do not see why Clay Thompson would leave Golden State and would leave money on the floor. But a guy like that would be great because he doesn't need the ball at all. Mm -hmm. And then do you go, do you use like models you've already seen made, right? Do you use like LeBron? You use the LeBron model. Or is it more Harden? Right. Is it LeBron? Is it Harden? Is it even Kyrie? Um, Is it, what what model do you want to use? And some of of those decisions are made for you, right? You can't just go like, oh, well, I'm doing a fantasy draft right now. Let's add four shooters. Or let's, you know, you kind of, and the thing that's most difficult to wrap your head around this season is the Mavericks roster is not constructed <laughs> to fit around Luka Doncic. That's, they did not expect this to happen. Like they did after they drafted him, and once they started, it became a realistic opportunity to add him to the team. They thought he was this good. I mean, they've talked about that. They, he, he lifts all boats, and he makes everybody else's job easier, and they, they knew that once they got him in here, but signing of Wes Matthews, the signing of Harrison Barnes, the one year, it might have done the one year DeAndre thing no matter what. Um, Maybe even the drafting of Dennis Smith Jr. If you knew at this point in time that you were going to have Luka Doncic on your team. Yeah, you don't. And he needed the ball as much as, I mean, if it's outside of, there are moments in the fourth quarter where I'm like, somebody else take a possession off for him. Because my man's a little tired, it looks like. Um, but besides maybe one or two possessions a game, I'm like, he needs to touch the ball every time. He's that good offensively. And so this roster is not built around him. But now your books are almost completely clean. And what? What? how do you want to build around him? Certainly they're about to be. Um and yeah, so I just I thought that was all stuff that we probably needed to to mention. Yeah, just because no, that's interesting. AD's in the news, Kyrie's in the news. Mm-hmm. My tweet today, all the questions I've got about how can the Mavs get him, they can't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, return, I wouldn't waste my time thinking about the that. return of Dennis. 
which has been encouraging at times. He hasn't really shot it well, but he's done a lot of other things well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's there are encouraging moments when they show you that it can definitely work. Yeah, he's been finishing around the basket a lot better. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't necessarily think he's changed anything. Um, he's just making things easier on himself. He's not trying to like avoid the the block necessarily. He's almost doing. He's done a lot of like up and under scoop, finger roll off the back, just give the ball a chance to rattle in type stuff. And that's been. I don't. <laughs> he's so weird because he'll. Dennis is fascinating to watch because he will add little wrinkles here and there as like a week goes on. And I'm like, oh, where'd that come from? I've not seen this three-point shooting before. And then, oh, where'd that pass to Dodo last night come from? Where he got in the lane and he just kind of like turned his back and whipped it underneath his other arm. And yeah. Dodo's cutting baseline. And I'm like, <clears throat> that was pretty. I have not seen that kind of vision from you in a while. Like, wow. So, I, it, all of it's not consistent enough. It's not like Luca, right, where it's like he does it and then he does it and then he does it and then he does it again and then he picks your team apart and you have to overcorrect on it. But Dennis shows you these little flashes of just special game-changing talent and stuff he can do, but then it never comes all at once, right? Like the shooting hasn't been good since he's been back. Um the starting lineup is still just I, – I, I don't know what to do about the starting lineup. Well, it's a classic question, I think, of how much do you let your – like a la Cole Beasley, how much do you let how much a guy makes and how much he's put in mm-hmm. in the league dictate how much they play? Yeah. Because it's pretty clear that, you know, there's no reason that Barnes and, and Matthew should be as Teflon as they are. Um, but they are. So what are you going to do? I don't, I don't love it. I didn't love the explanation last night that the reason that they stuck with it, um, was because of fatigue. I think that was Rick's answer when, uh, Kleba had only played 12 minutes. So I don't really know what to do with Maxie at this point. I mean, yeah, I think he's right on the edge of a starting quality player. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to never have a game where he plays under 20 minutes again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he came off of Friday night where he had the, you know, the clutch threes and the mm-hmm. big blocks, 22 minutes. He had 12 on four of seven from three. He had four blocks. It was, I mean, he's a three offensively and a five defensively. Yeah. And there's a good way to put it. He very put it on the floor a little bit. Very few people. Yeah. The straight line. I mean, he and Dodo have the same offensive skill set, right? And Dodo's a three. And then he protects the rim like a five defensively. Like, that is a really fun trick to have. Yeah. And that's a dude that needs more opportunities to show off that trick. And Probably so he, he backs that up with a five-minute outing. Right. Um, so it's just – it gets a little bit frustrating. Um, to your point on Dennis, uh, since he's been back, he's 12 of 18 mm-hmm. uh, and less than, less than five feet. That's awesome. I can promise you he has never had a three-game stretch where he hit it almost 70%. No, at the rim. Yeah. Never. And if he's doing that, you know, the fouls will come. Yeah. If you're continuing to attack and you're starting to actually make some, mm-hmm. I feel like NBA refs are so lame about that. Like, if you consistently miss at the rim, they right. become – it's a self-fulfilling prophecy like we've talked about with Draymond on defense mm-hmm. where they become less likely to give you calls. Yeah. 
Um, but that will do for sure. I'd almost rather ha- – it's not that I would rather have that than his three, but I think I would rather have that first. <laughs> yeah. If he can do that, then that's when the cut mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the off-ball stuff can become a little more effective. And Yeah, you just got to get a base with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got to know what he is almost, and he's got to know what he is. And I don't feel like we've ever gotten, like, an honest shake at it. Like, yeah, he's a heavy usage ball handling guard. But besides that, coming out of last season, what can I consistently say about Dennis that I'm like, okay, here we go. This is your this is your thing. Like I, I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously he jumps really high and he dunks really hard and it's fast. He's fast. He get brings the ball up real quick. Um, can create some early offense every once in a while, but like I just need him to have some superpowers and you know, maybe he's trying to do too much um, in terms of, okay, I need to be a passer. I need to be a finisher. I need to be a th- good three-point shooter. He's just try- trying to do it all at once. But, yeah, it's uh, this the starting lineup to me, the greatest issue is Harrison Barnes is going to play like a four. He's going to be ISO heavy, post-up heavy, head down at the basket, straight line drive whether you're playing him at four or at three. If you put Maxi out there, and Maxi's technically the four, I would suppose, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it's Barnes three, Maxi four, DeAndre five, the starting lineup they went up for a little, went with for a little while when Wes was out. Mm-hmm. Barnes is still going to play like Barnes. So he's the great, like, <laughs> fit the room around him. He's this pillar in the middle of your living room that you can't move. That you have to fit, you have to organize. Where do I put the TV and where does the couch go around this? Load bearing. Yeah, it is. You can't, you can't change it. Yeah. So that's the toughest thing. And it's especially tough because that is his. That that's how he is. Yet you have to make a decision this off season about how you'd like to build around uh, Luca mm-hmm. and um, Barnes is going to be here next year. Yeah. I would almost prefer it be flipped. Where I had a player option year for Wes, even though I think Wes might give you a little bit less, I'd rather start the process of replacing Barnes first, um, if in fact, or at least getting his number down. But yeah, it's and then you, the things that we talked about, I, all the stuff we talked about in preseason, I feel like are coming true with the starting lineup, which is on the surface, I don't know if they're a very good shooting team. Like if you just line up the starting five and you put them against any other starting five or the you know the 30 other starting fives in the league, I don't know if they're a top 15, top 16, 17, 18, just raw shooting team with Dennis, Luca, Wes, Barnes, and DeAndre. Like I fin- their, their three-point percentage might end up just being like 36 in an open gym. I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they'd shoot better. but They're about average. Yeah, they'd be average. They're at about average. So they don't do that spectacular, right? I wouldn't consider them a good ball movement team outside of Luka. And so you just have these challenges with that lineup. And (laughs) there are people that are 10-year vets that are making maximum contracts that you have to give heavy minutes to. And so it's – I don't think the starting lineup is is fixable. No, I – yeah, I don't know that it's fixable given the constraints that you just mentioned. Yeah, you're just – I think they have enough pieces to where if everybody were making the exact same amount of money Mm – then you the starting lineup would not be what it is. You could get way, way... They have too many players that can do 
too many different little things to, for you to convince me that you can't try something else. Uh, and also the other thing that you would have to control there for is ego. Yeah. Uh, and place in the room, which are not nothing. I get it. I mean, I know that they're, it's not robots, but you know, you, you probably can't totally convince me that a starting lineup that featured, um, even if I, even if I gave you pal and Kleba in the front court and then had Wes, Dennis and Luca on the floor together, or if I could, what if, what if I played, uh, that same group of five and replaced Dennis with Brunson? Uh, or even what if I replaced uh, Dennis with uh, with Finney Smith? Finney Smith will move the ball. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, he doesn't shoot it all that well right now and probably never will. But unlike Barnes and Matthews, he's he been will... hitting them last couple games. Last couple games. I'm just I'm probably oh, not going to continue to hold my breath on No. But he will move the ball. Yeah. Whereas the, not only with uh, – with... He's, a, he's a puck mover. And see, it's not, it's not just Barnes it. and uh, – and Matthews, it's DeAndre too. Yeah, I mean, a guy who just as a big who just turns the ball over a ton. So to your that, point of that, just reaches like critical mass failure. Whenever okay, Wes obviously has never averaged over what like two three assists a game. Barnes this year is having a historically low assist percentage for a guy that handles the ball as much as he does and has a usage as high as he does. And then DeAndre has the second highest turnover percentage in basketball. So it's just there are three bad ball movement guys in the starting lineup, and they have to be shooting like 50% combined or just getting to the rack and punishing people at the rim more than they're not to make your starting lineup float. Like it's got to be buoyant. And that's a, that's a really tough trick to pull off. And if Barnes has an off night or Wes has an off night, or DeAndre just gets in foul trouble or turns it over too many times, you're not floating anymore. Yeah, your starting lineup is down eight early. It's so, and especially without Berea to come in there, yes. get you back in business. Uh, this is something I saw Josh Bow from Mavs Moneyball had this the other day, but I've, it's definitely something I try to look at is every week at least. And that is just uh, if you look at Barnes' drives and then pass the percentage of time he passes out per drive mm-hmm. among players that play at least 20 minutes a game, he is he has the lowest in the league. He just doesn't pass out of drives. Man, there was one last night. And I hate being armchair quarterback. How did you not see this guy? Right. Because it's everything is happening so fast down there. But he is among the lowest percentage of pass out. And so at that point, it doesn't even matter if you can shoot because you're not going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. So they just, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a different instinct, though, isn't it? Like to be strong with the ball and muscle up and barrel through people. And then also, Hey, turn the finesse on real quick and make this. Yeah. Luca know, makes it court. look easy. Yeah. Luca does it. Cause he just, I don't know. He just plays with that amount of force with his weight where he can get you off balance and use it. And he always has the card of, if I hold the ball above my head as high as I can and jump, you won't be able to get to it. Um, which is like the funniest thing whenever he gets trapped and I'm like, I would be freaking out in that situation. I'm like, ah! But he just yeah. holds it up high and he just knows he has enough strength in his arms and in his hands to make, like, just the whip pass. But I I don't know what to do about the starting lineup. Just let the season end <laughs> eventually and then reassess. I think Kleba can start. I think Powell uh, probably will never. You know, they did it last year and it actually worked pretty well, but it was mm-hmm. kind of a tank time already. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do like the interesting things they're doing with 
Luca staggering. Yeah, so that's been really. I don't know if you ever use Popcorn Machine. Uh, popcornmachine.net <laughs> is a very interesting website that does uh, game flows. Just vintage popcorn machines? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it is not that. It doesn't look like they've updated last night's. Uh, no, um, but it is. It's cool. Like they just do a graph of when people are playing together, mm-hmm. and it, it's especially since JJ's injury, and it allows Dennis to uh, kind of take over a little bit. Whenever Luca comes out of the game, and then it allows Luca to play with people who can, you know, rim run, and that's encouraging. Given how uh, stubborn they've been about the starting lineup, it's mm-hmm. encouraging how they've altered after the basically after the first and second half start. Everything has been a little bit different from there. Yeah, there's. I'm looking at the lineups or the five man units right now, and last three games, so Powell and Doncic um, on the court at the same time is in their fourth most used lineup, which I think they just kind of stumbled on in the last two games where I bet they played about four minutes. Before that? Um, what's that? Like before that? No, I'm looking at the last three games. I'm saying so, before that they probably had only played just a few minutes. Oh, just together. a couple, yeah. But there's yeah. eight There's eight minutes basically in the last three games, and I bet it's just, it's just two of the games. Or it's just one of the games, actually, uh, that this particular lineup, which is Dirk, Devin, Dwight Powell, Finney Smith, and Luka, um, they got eight minutes in one of the games – and they are a plus 41 in net rating. Um, I'm trying to find the next one. The next one would be, well, it's a five-minute sample size. So it's tough to find, I guess, exactly what I'm looking for. But the the other side of that coin is, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the, it might have been late in the third um, after they started having the, uh, what three seconds in the paint truly means in the NBA nowadays fight with Tony Brothers where he called three of them against the, the Raptors in the third quarter, where he's just trying to redefine the rule book on the fly um, and kept us in the game, so thank you. <laughs> uh, but late in the third, the Mavs had to roll out this lineup, and I, I don't I don't know the reasoning. Um, maybe because Maxi was fatigued and Luca needed to play with Powell, and it was just a weird moment where you're just trying to survive with these five guys on the floor together, but it was starting lineup, Minus Luca, plus Finney. And I was like, I think that's the worst ball movement construction I've seen in a while. That's, that's pretty brutal. That is five guys in the court at the same time that if they played 32 minutes together a night, I don't know if any of them averaged like three or four assists. That's a lot of ice. And they were struggling to get the ball over half court. And it was just like, dude, it was making like, calculus out of entry passes and just very basic okay get the ball on the right wing and then we start the play and they just could not get the ball to the point where and Toronto's really good defensively and uh, I don't know I don't I don't look too much into last night's loss against the tied for the eastern lead uh, Toronto Raptors besides the fact that they're better than us (laughs) like they're going to keep making shots and keep rolling out lineups that can kick your ass defensively. And we're going to look over there and wish JJ Barreo was coming off the bench and, and just hope we can hang close. And I'll give them credit. The third quarter was awesome last night. Like I thought we were going to about to get skunked. I thought it was about to be a long one. Yeah. And the third quarter, they you played their ass 70 off. in the first half. Yeah. And then Luca goes, you know, 35, 12 and 10 and makes it pretty fun. Um, down the stretch, and then I, I have no excuse for what's going on with our free throw shooting. Uh, probably the best 
thing to say is just that we got really spoiled for a long time. Yeah. And they are not a good shooting team. Mm-hmm. They're an average to they're an average shooting team who has the good fortune of getting a lot of open shots. But that doesn't mean they're a good shooting team. Yeah. And they don't really have that many good shooters. Flat out. And Luca doesn't really shoot free throws all that well at this point. No, he doesn't. For a guy who's got his skill level. Yeah. Uh, 73.4%. There's no way he thinks that's acceptable. No, he, he absolutely does not. Yeah. Like so, he's, he's frustrated about it, but also it's a, I'm going to have to play the rest of these, um, however many games it would be, um, 33 games. I'm going to have to play it 33, great 33 games this way because I'm not going to mess with my shot mid season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he, he went through a stretch where, uh, let's see. Well, I don't know. He's, he, I'm trying to look at. The thing is, he's been getting. He had that stretch in. Uh, he was in, getting ten free throws a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's obviously cooled off a little bit. But I mean, he had a ten and a thirteen in the last week. Yeah, but he had for a ten game stretch, he was averaging over ten a game. Yeah, I think they shot ended up shooting sixty seven percent from free throw last night, or late in the game it was, which is just. I guess that's the life of a team that shoots seventy, seventy five to seventy eight from the free throw line. Is some nights it's sixty five, some nights it's eighty two, and you just kind of trade off. You'd like it not to be, <laughs> not to happen that way. You'd like to just shoot a static seventy eight if you're going to be a seventy eight percentage uh, percent free throw team. But that's how averages work. Yeah. Um. And the two that just I will not erase from my mind is last night when Barnes gets to the line and they're down four, and okay, you have a chance to make it a two point game with like a minute twenty left. And he clanks both of them. And I'm like, this is a freaking epidemic. Like, Barnes is a good free throw shooter. Yeah. Dirk Dirk is a legendary free throw shooter. That was pretty much the game. Yeah, and Dirk went one of three. I'm like, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, change. Whatever you're doing, whatever the routine is, and I see it a lot because they let us in at that time of practice, which is you have to make like 10 or 20 in a row before you can get off the court. Change it. Maybe they should do what Luke Walton said the Lakers are going to do and uh, start tracking them in practice. Yeah. That's a really novel concept. <laughs> right. The Lakers said they were going to start track. I'm like, <laughs> what are y'all doing out yeah, there? Yeah, what is happening? Are you just going, <laughs> are you just eyeballing it? Going, mm, <laughs> good. How's that possible? Good. We, you do that in eighth grade basketball. That is crazy. You're like, because ah, something we might look at. It might be tracking free throws. <laughs> what, what if we just what? tracked all the shots? <laughs> Think about Don't that. Don't you have computers? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy because I know I know the Mavs do track everything. Yeah, like, for sure. Like they're they'll they do so they do um I think they do ten or twenty free throws before you can get off the court and then they do like five shots. They do around the world, right? And they will tell like on the spot, someone will be standing there, one of the interns or pro or um Peter Patton will literally just quote what they shot that day from three and all their shooting drills. And be like, ah, you know, 40, 46 to 62, or they'll, they'll be counting. And because they probably have a little side wagering and things like that. But, um, yeah, that's the free throw thing is driving me insane. I can't believe it's lasted this long. I, I hope at some point in the season it's, it's just the wave we're on right now. But I feel like we've lost games because of it. Oh, there's no doubt. And it's making me insane. I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to try to pull it up here, but... Um, I don't know where you fall on the uh, expected win loss. Basically, mm. your uh, you're just your it's your point differential. 
According to Basketball Reference, or yeah. So th- it was a it was really uh it was a time earlier this year where it was popular to be like, look, the Mavs, uh, their clutch clutch uh numbers have really turned around mm-hmm. because uh you know Luca is absolutely the Ringer had a breakdown of like his historical place in clutch a couple weeks ago. Those are things that tend to level out a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, they should be two wins better. And in the last month, they're four and six in clutch situations, which is actually better than I thought it would be. Um, but their free throw percentage in clutch situations is 23rd. Good God. At 72%. So, I mean, that's a small sample because it's, it's only a few a game that you're going to be taking at that time. But, yeah, that's – I remember all of them. Like yeah, Dennis in San right? Antonio to go up one or to tie it or whatever it was. Uh, that ended up going to overtime um, last night. Dude, I, re- I remember all of them. I can go through my Rolodex of um, make this, game's over. Or make this and we're shooting for the win. And yeah. It's just, it's it's. I'm losing my mind. Um, what else do I have over here? We talked about, okay, so I feel like we didn't give Dennis that much due. Um right. The threes are not there. He still hasn't really been getting to the line. He's finishing much better, and to me, he seems like he has a good attitude about it. Yeah. That would be my thesis. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that's all That's all accurate. Um, I don't know if anything inside the organization or inside his mindset has necessarily changed from the moment he stopped uh, <laughs> appearing in games because of the illness or back injury, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it. Um but I think everybody realized that the best thing for everybody is Dennis Smith Jr. playing well on a basketball court. Yeah. And I feel like he's come to some some level of peace with that. Um, now, in a couple weeks, I don't I don't know. I don't know what might be happening. Um, I hope it's a, hey, keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is keeping your career, you know, on an upward incline. It helps us. It helps you. Um Sorry if you got some bad advice from some people that were in your ear or whatever, but he's I, – I, I think in the preseason I was like, dude could probably score 20 a game this year. Yeah. And I've recalibrated a bit where I'm like, you know what? I think that what he's been the last three games I'd be happy with, which is like uh, 16, 17 points. As long as you're finishing at the rim and you're making them pay – Four defensive collapses. And, you know, the assists and rebounds are probably going to hover around four or five for him. That's fine. That's more than enough for me. So, But I also like the way that, like, I know we did talk about this. I don't think it's a cop-out to have him play with the bench units more. Uh, I just think that is smart. I think yeah. that's the, the, to me, that's the appeal of having him, of having him here. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Oh, they've decided it just doesn't work. It's just to say, whenever you say you need as many guys who can make plays as possible, uh, you don't mean they don't always have to be on the floor together. Maybe they close together, but especially without JJ, (laughs) it just makes sense to have him out there without Luka as much as possible. And they're both young. They can both play tons of minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, I think I said at the start of the year, that I wanted there to be virtually no time where at least one of them was not on the floor. Yeah. And that was before J.J. went down. 
Yeah. Now, as things started to progress, you realize that that was going to somewhat rob them of the chance to play together as much as possible, which is an interest you have to balance because you can't get better only doing that in practice. But I still think, you know, there's really not, there really shouldn't be more than four or five minutes in a game, maybe six or seven, where both of them are on the bench. Yeah. Especially given how little else you have when it comes to playmaking and attacking. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and that's the that's the surplus value he brings, right? Is being able to stagger the lineup and bring the bench up to what the bench used to be. If he can do that, I mean, that was like a 500 basketball formula, right? If the bench is what it is, the starting lineup, you know, whatever happens with the starting lineup at this point that you can't fix <laughs> because um, agents <laughs> and money and status in the league, you can't fix what's going on in the starting lineup. So why don't you focus on what you can, which is making the bench lethal. But there's also situations like last night where you get into the fourth quarter and Luca takes his, you know, weird um, play the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, sit for the middle. Come back at four. four. Yeah, come back at five or four where the Raptors throw a zone at you. Yeah, that was weird. And nobody on this a combined, what, Barnes is six, seven years in, DeAndre's 10 or 11 years in, Wes is 10 or 11 years in, Finney's out there, and Dennis. Nobody on this 50 combined years of NBA experience can figure out how to break a zone. Yeah. That was that was kind of demoralizing. And Rick said that was his fault. He said, I hadn't shown them their zone. I hadn't, you know, we didn't work through it. When they threw it at us, I probably had the wrong lineup out there. Um, and we got got, they, they moved the chess pieces and we didn't adjust. And so that's the kind of, I don't know if you're trying to balance the scales on Dennis on, uh, what needs to be next, next step. That's probably it. They've played 64 of, uh, Dennis's 104 minutes since he's been back and been with Luca. Mm -hmm. Not quite 50, 50, but <laughs> Pretty, pretty close. That's, that's pretty dang close. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I was looking at a lot of the lineup stuff earlier. And, uh, obviously the starters are, well, this is updated. Yeah, this is updated. Um, negative 8.2 net rating. Um, second best lineup is Brunson in there instead of Dennis. But that's just whenever Dennis missed time, I feel. Yeah. Um, negative three, which gives you a little bit more chance. But then you're playing, I don't know, the offensive and defensive ratings crank way the hell up on those. And then the third best lineup is, oddly enough, pretty – third and fourth are good. And uh, one of them involves Berea. So, I don't – whenever Berea's out, I don't know what lineup you're putting out there that you feel completely comfortable with. And that's where we're at. Yeah. We're trying to fake it. Well, I'll tell you, here's what I like lineup-wise. I like when Luka plays with Finney Smith a lot. Mm -hmm. I like when Luka plays with Kleba a lot. I like when Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't play with Wesley Matthews. <laughs> uh, that's th Those are – there's just there's things that are that seem to be working here and things that aren't. I, I like when Luka plays with Powell, even though I don't think they have great numbers because they're both probably negatives defensively. But – I don't know. I think they've got to figure out what Finney Smith and what 
uh, Kleba are related to, to Luca. Mm-hmm. Are either one of, we've said this a million times. Are either one of them uh, starters? Uh, can either one of them play with both Dennis and Luca at the same time? And they may need to revisit in the offseason the idea of will, would Smith Jr. straight be your sixth man? I don't think he will. I think that would probably result in a, a renewed conversation about a trade. I think that I'm not positive that hasn't happened already. Um, but I also don't think it's crazy to think that he could still do very, very well for himself in that role uh, and, and then still play with Luca a lot. They're kind of approaching that already um, by having him play almost half of his minutes without uh, Doncic out there. So you know, they have a lot of interesting pieces, but they're a very confusing mix of interesting pieces. They're yeah. not really close, but they mm-hmm. could also – make like one and a half signings this offseason that would immediately make them like a top five team in the West. Yeah. That's a really weird spot to be in, uh, but that is kind of where they are. I mean, there's plenty of teams in the West that you that are around them that I don't think you could say that about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of the teams that are, you know, nine through um, whatever, 15 in the West, you could say that they would be envious of I mean, the Timberwolves, they tried it. <laughs> yeah, they did try it. It's, it's. I don't want to make it as clear-cut as there's one build going on with Dennis and Luca, and then there was the prior build. But that's kind of how it is. Yeah. And you're trying to make it all work together. And, I mean, this summer is going to be the, the true, uh, you know, this is the, the Turing test for, Okay, do we make everything fit around Luca, or do we? I mean, because Barnes is going to be here. I mean, I, I assume he opts in. I assume Powell opts in. And there's, I'm less certain about Powell to be honest. Just a skeleton of what used to be. I know his numbers have come down a little bit, but I think especially when you see him playing with Luca, you see that if he has a guard that knows what they're doing, yeah, he is easily one of the best offensive bench bigs, mm-hmm. and I think that can get you 10 million a year. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. And, he's a, he's a valuable player. I mean, and I think that's a little more than he's that he's set to make. Oh, he's at ten next right year. At, yeah, right at. So, so if, and he's twenty eight. If you wanted to opt out and go try to get, I don't know, three for thirty three, I don't think that would be crazy at all. Yeah. That's... Um. So I'm less certain about him, and that obviously affects your maxi mm-hmm. situation. You know what happens with Dirk matters. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, okay, we got New York on Wednesday, we got Detroit on Thursday, we got. Cleveland on Saturday. You should and could win all three of those games. And then you, now, got, you got the back-to-back in Detroit, which sucks because yeah. you've only won one of those. Right. I mean, I would hope, I mean, after what New York did to them here, that they just go out and kick the living crap out of New York. Make sure Lonzo Trier doesn't get off the bus. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that is a back-to-back. But he's in the, Is he back in the G League? <laughs> Trier, no. I haven't paying, been paying attention. He's, he's up. He's up, but, I mean, they have their own issues, obviously. They're trying to deal half their team. Um, and then Detroit, who well, that was a fun game. That was a super fun game whenever they came here, but I think you're substantially better than Detroit. Um, and then Cleveland, who's trying to uh, – what's what's the pun we're using for Zion? What's the fun one? Uh, well, if you want to frame it into how you're uh, talking to the league, you are clearly lying for Zion <laughs> because you're having to tell people that you're trying. Not not trying for, for Zion. Zion. I think that's, that's what it is. That's right. Uh, and then we host Charlotte on Wednesday. 
I think you should probably be favored in all four of those games if everybody's healthy and everybody's rolling. Um, so, well, and then you get into Milwaukee, Portland, but we'll talk about that whenever the time comes. I think you should probably expect, and expectations do uh, make you look like an idiot sometimes, but you should expect with the way they're rolling with Luka dropping 38-8 and eight on the reg right now and lifting this offense to um, you know, its highest possible, at least the starting unit's offense, their highest possible uh, outcome. You should expect them to get back to close to 500. 26 and 27 I don't think is insane. I don't either. I think they're about to go on a little run, yeah. and I think they'll probably end up you know, falling back after that, but Look, if they end up winning 35 to 38 games, I will consider this a successful year. Yeah, I mean, I've already seen everything I need to see, right? Right. We're just getting more continued excellence from Luca, which is just cementing my opinion of him even further. And the fun stats are there. I mean, the triple-doubles and all that. Um, All-star reserves will be announced Thursday. That is entirely up to the coaches' vote, the way I understand. And Rick said today that the ballots are due tomorrow. Um, so good timing to have a 35, 12 and 10. <laughs> I mean, and to do it against Toronto, you know? Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. That, that was a fun thing is, I mean, Kawhi's checking him a lot of the night. Trying. Trying to. And then Norman Powell just got freaking abused. I was like, that was like just set. That was like the goat in Jurassic Park. Huh. It's just like sitting out there. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, cute little goat. And I'm like, Norman Powell's about to get eaten alive. And he did. And you see, you see what Luca can do when the teardrop's falling, when he doesn't have to force his way into the basket and get pushed out of bounds into photographer A, B, and C. When he can just kind of do the flip, and it's not falling every night. And I feel like when it doesn't hit, when he doesn't hit the first one, I don't feel like he tries it anymore. When he hits the first one, he tries them about five or six times, and then it starts cutting your throat. But it's uh, the thirty-eight and eight followed by the thirty-two, fifteen, and ten. Or 30, 35, 12, and 10, my bad. Um, that's a pretty good audition for, hey, I probably deserve to be in this All-Star game. So hopefully he makes it. That'll be Thursday. And then uh, got a Wednesday-Thursday game. We'll be playing, I think, whenever they do the announcement on Thursday of the reserves. So just obviously double screen it like you probably do already with your phone and, and the TV. Can I give you one number before we go that I think is funny? <laughs> Okay. Uh, because yeah. I, people like to remind uh, people like me a lot when we're wrong about things. Mm, yeah. Do you know who has more blocks this year in 620 minutes than DeAndre Jordan has in 1,528? And I'm only – if I'm asking you this, there must only be one guy I'm looking for here. I mean, is it – Embiid or no? That's an obvious one. I Brooke, mean, Brooke Lopez. Or... I think Embiid might be. I know Miles Turner is leading the league. Um, Embiid's yeah. got to be up here. Embiid is eighth in blocks. This is blocks total, not blocks per game. Okay, blocks. That's total. why this is so why funny. Are you, why are you asking me? Uh, because in six hundred and twenty minutes, sixty blocks for Nerlens Noel. <laughs> And in and in and in but in, in, in two point seven five or two point six times as many minutes, uh-huh. uh, DeAndre Jordan has seven fewer blocks. Oh no! At fifteen hundred and twenty-eight minutes. So yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you could you could see coming into the year that he wasn't a big blocks guy. 
And I, I mean, I just like, I, part of I, I feel like I've already been told like, oh, like this came up on bad radio the other day. And I know Dan is not like super locked into what Oklahoma City's doing right now. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Nolan's Noel's good. Yeah, he's a good. He's I a good know piece it's failed here. And I know that he's an immature, immature. And I know that he's a uh, but hot, still hot, dude, dog, hot dog boy. I, he's still a pretty useful piece. Yeah. I, I'm never going to let go that 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 they didn't try to make that work. That's that's a bad one. It like, is. That's a, it, that's a loss. And it sucks because he's the quintessential per 36 player. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I look at his numbers, I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a ridiculous line. His per 36 this year is 13 points, 11.7 rebounds. Yeah. Now he only plays about yeah 14 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see how he cannot get to 26 minutes a night and still be able to do that at that age. Yeah. Is we, it just because it's against bench people? I don't know. We, but, we can't do another Nerlens podcast. I'll lose my mind. Okay, it's fair, but I'll absolutely have nightmares tonight of us predicting he'd be here a year in advance, him being here, us offering him, it not working out, and then everyone trying to save face, uh, and him washing out to Oklahoma City and still contributing to a team that probably is the best defense in basketball. I just can't. I can't. I can't. Would you like to know where he rates him on centers in <laughs> steals? In steals. Oh, he's a steals guy. He's 11th overall in steals. Let's say, uh, let's see, he has 46. Rudy Gobert has 48. Rudy Gobert's played 1,617 minutes. Nerlens has played 620. Yeah, he's an active hands guy. He gets, he tips him. <sighs> yeah, no, that's a skill set that sucks. That if it's ever fully actualized is a nightmare. It's like it's like Whiteside, right? It took Whiteside like six years to fully actualize his strengths and get big enough and bulky enough and just get in the mood of bullying people. But when it did, it was hella fun. Um, but yeah, maybe one uh, day there's still hope. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> shut up! I don't want to have to say his name anymore. I just don't want to. I'm good. It was only a two-year deal. He's fine. <laughs> Shut up. Player option He'll next still year. Still be 26. We'll be free. <laughs> Shut up. I don't want to talk about Netherlands anymore. All right. More freaking digital space, <laughs> digital footprint on our podcast about Netherlands Noel than anybody else. I I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, uh, Wednesday night. I guess it's um. Who the hell did I just look at? New York. Yeah. Next, maybe payback they'll, time. Maybe they'll have AD. Payback. <laughs> payback time, bitch. Jeez. Watch out. Watch out, New York. Here we come. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.